Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one. Okay, we are back. Welcome to Friday. I'm going to start out by Friday, the uh, 25th of September. I want to start out by thanking all of you for continuing to make this and everyone listen to a daily podcast. Um, and I was going to say in the nation, but I dare say that we might be venturing into a much, much larger global audience. The new statistics are out and the podcast listenership is increasing, not just in the United States, but also we're picking up listeners in over 50 different countries. So for all of you who are listening to us in different countries, uh, thank you. I mean, we're thrilled to know that we're hopefully having some level of inspiration and motivation uh, for real estate professionals around the globe. It's quite an honor, actually. And uh, thank you for that. And thank you also for continuing to make our book, Harris Rules, one of the number one um, selling real estate books of all time. I believe at this point, there's maybe only one or two real estate books, you know, books that are essentially written for folks in the real estate industry that have um, sold more copies. And that's in all forms, digital, audible, you know, Kindle, the whole everything. And uh, and most of those books are the two books that I'm thinking of. They've been out since the 90s. So in any event, thank you for helping us to spread the word about how to return some sanity to the real estate industry. And it's our pleasure and our honor to, I think, in, in many ways, and this is using your words that you guys use when expressing your appreciation towards us. Um, I, I really, you know, sincerely appreciate the honor of being maybe what's a bit of a North Star for a lot of you in this, you know, these crazy turbulent times and also with all these crazy turbulent things that are pulling you in so many different directions. So thank you for that. Yes, and if you don't have your Harris Rules book yet, you can get it at Amazon most easily. And of course, it's in other places like Target and airports, but might as well just get on over to Amazon. So thank you for that in advance. And those of you who are lucky enough to have open Barnes and Nobles, it's also (laughs) available at Barnes and Noble. Um, And uh, yeah, like Julie said, everywhere. But Amazon's the easy button, obviously. And when and it's funny, people think that just because we published it, we get the books for free. Uh, we do not. We actually have to buy the books as well. And Julie just ordered a box of books that we were giving away for a contest we had with our uh, coaching members. And the contest, and I'll open it to all of you guys if you're interested, is if you send us a video testimonial of just what you've learned or just so, showing some level of appreciation so we could use it on all of our social media and whatnot, we'll send you an autographed book. So we had a bunch of books that we're autographing and we're going to send out. And it was, it was kind of funny i don't know if you guys know what dynamic pricing is but what dynamic pricing basically is is the price that you pay for a product is determined by some fancy you know amazon algorithm and if they think that you're not you know you're looking at some doesn't matter what product and you are they determine that you're willing to pay a little bit extra for it based on your zip code or your buying habits or whatever your price might be more than what your neighbor's paying which is hilarious so I looked at what Julie paid for all these books that we had delivered, and she paid like 15 bucks a book. Yeah, but I <laughs> but did it to myself, apparently. <laughs> she did it to herself. <laughs> it's ironic, isn't it? But I went and looked, and uh, I've been on Amazon before, and the dynamic pricing was telling me I could buy our book for something like $8. So it's pretty hilarious. Anyway, mm-hmm. I thought you guys might find that interesting. So we are talking about Zillow. We are talking about Zillow's um, effect, continued effect on the real estate industry. And really what we're drilling down on is we're talking about now that Zillow effect 
effectively as a brokerage. And really, let's argue that maybe everyone, um, we could argue that everyone knew that this was going to happen. I think it was pretty, pretty inevitable. So the real estate industry is sort of trying to figure out, well, what does this really mean? And so yesterday we talked about um, two topics. We talked about what, what we know about the Zillow homes, and we also talked about who will this affect the most. Um, and we please go back and listen to that podcast. It was uh, yesterday. I don't want to repeat any of the uh, points from yesterday because, frankly, the next uh, section is a lot more fun to talk about, and it's a lot of conjecture and Julie and I doing best-case scenario guessing and whatnot. But the, the section that we're about to present to you guys next is what will happen next. And I should have maybe called that something uh, else. What will happen next, uh, our best guess. That's what I should probably call it because we could be wrong about some of the things I say. That I that I suggested, and before we get to the first point, this isn't a main point. This is a sub point. I don't. I haven't really formulated what I'm about to say to you guys completely, but I'll say this: Now that Zillow is a brokerage, Zillow is going to be forced to act as guess what a brokerage, which means they're going to have to play by the rules of the real estate industry, which for a lot of ways and a lot of cases they haven't had to. So if they're members of the MLS, they're going to have to conduct themselves like all of us do, which is more restrictive than I think what they've been used to, how they've been able to conduct themselves. They're going to be, you know, liable for, they're going to have to be defending themselves against complaints inside the real estate organizations. Well, it's, have, a, it's a real brokerage. They have yeah, to comply. The real real brokerages are definitely laden with lots of oversight and lots of rules and, you know, codes and conducts and, you know, all these different things that Zillow's not had to screw around with because they've been a tech company media company, they've been able to essentially never actually have to, you know, jump into the real estate mosh pit. And but, on top of that, they're changing how the structure is by having not the, the traditional, you know, broker agent relationship, they're putting people on salary. So in addition to having to play by the normal rules, they also are kind of uh, messing about with the system. So we'll see where that goes. And they're going to discover soon, well, they already probably know the psychology of most people that get into real estate aren't, you know, let's just be honest, most people don't get into real estate. Uh, you know, expecting someone to tell them what to do and how to do it. So if you're having a, if they're going to the existing pool of real estate people with licenses and they're hiring all those people, every one of those people are going to be thinking in the back of their heads that they could, you know, probably be making more money independent of working for Zillow, which is usually the case. So I question, and I really do wonder, and I know this is a big generic general statement, and it's probably, you know, just take it for what it's worth. And, and I'm not going to answer the question. I'm just going to pose it. What kind of agents is Zillow going to attract? You know, ultimately, what? Who are the people that are going to want to work for Zillow? Who are the people that are going to want to do the work of, you know, working with buyers and sellers at what's going to amount to be a dramatically reduced amount of money, um, in you know, in exchange for something that they perceive to have a, an element of security because they're going to be on payroll. So it's going to be interesting to see what types of people that they attract. They might attract stellar, exceptional, the best people ever in real estate, or they might just attract people that are just getting into real estate and they only want to take a half step into the industry. So who knows, right? I mean, these these are uncharted waters and, and not one of our, our salient points. So moving on, what will happen next? And before we get to the first point, I remember, I remember, I want to remind all of you, you can definitely tell it's Friday, right? Yes. <laughs> I want to remind all of you that you can join our free coaching program. It's not too late. Just text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link. The link is then going to, you're going to click it, and then you're going to sign up for the free coaching program. The free coaching program is, I think, turning out to be one of the greatest things that we've ever created because we've had thousands of agents 
all over the country join the free coaching program. And um, I know that uh, like if you're in Canada, the texting thing doesn't work as someone reminded me this week. So you're going to have to go to the website direct and sign up. And matter of fact, I think that might be true for all of you outside of the United States too. So just go to uh, premier-experience.net, premier-experience.net. You can sign up. Um, if the texting widget doesn't work in your particular locale. So go ahead and do that. You will be entitled to all the uh, benefits of being in the Premier Dash, you know, the Premier Experience uh, coaching program. But do know that it's not the full-fledged Premier coaching program. It's maybe, honestly, I bet you it's 5%, maybe 10% of the content. But what you do get and what people are loving is you do get access to the daily um, semi-private coaching call that our coaches provide every day where you can be part of the community. You can ask and listen to other people. It's like a big group therapy session sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I listen to the days that Julie, this is true. I listen to the days that Julie does it. Some of the sessions, it sounds like we're listening to, you know, everyone's sitting around in a proverbial ring talking about their feelings. You know what's funny about that? But it's awesome That's though. true. And at least two days a week, they do this, you know, it's live. So a lot of this is very much agent created, agent owned right. experience, right? Which is great. But they, a lot of them are, are longtime listeners and coaching clients, and they know like the Harris rules. They've heard those. Our book. And so they'll, uh, one of the things that we do, we do uh, victory dances. So here's what I did as a result of the training, and I won this, and this is great. Celebrate with me. But we also hold confessional. <laughs> that's what she and did that's yesterday. Something that they created on their own. And they, they'll say, okay, here's my confession. So hold on. I which is hilarious. I walked into your office yesterday yeah. when you were yeah. doing that. And I heard, I didn't know you were actually, it was called Real Estate Confessional. <laughs> right. So you're telling me that yeah. the students actually came up with the concept of Real Estate Confessional. Yes. And so you do this sort of formal Real Estate Confessional right. where they basically tell you where they screwed up. Yes. They confess <laughs> their real estate sins. And then they say, here's, I, I admit that this is what I screwed up. And it, it's a lot of, you know, it's the things that you might think like, you know, you, something happened where you didn't pre-qualify somebody, you know, it's an obvious rule. And they'll say, this is where I messed up. And I'm, I'm confessing to the group so that I have my own self uh, punishment. And then I'll remember not to do it again. You give many Hail Marys or any sort of self-flagellation. <laughs> I, I do give them homework to cure their issue. Right. So they have to go um, in a corner and read Har Harris rules and exactly. memorize the points. Memorize while this chapter. But you know, it's great because everybody else on the call is learning sure. from their mistake. So if you guys want to be part of the party, go ahead and just text the word <laughs> survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. And I'm also very happy to tell you that we have almost finally rounded the bend and overcome our you know Puerto Rican internet issues. And we're going to start after the uh, daily semi-private coaching session, which I just told you guys about, which is basically over a phone or it, we're using a third-party software program to do it. Uh, but it, there's, it's not video. But after that session is over, for those of you who are in the full-fledged premier uh, coaching program, we're then going to be doing a live, again, a continuation. So there's going to be like, you know, the, the main event, and then there's going to be the really special event that those of you who are in the normal coaching program can belong to. And that's going to be in a Zoom or a Facebook type environment where everyone can see each other. And it's obviously the sense of community that we're building is pretty outstanding. Well, I have to say you guys are mostly building it. We're just providing the format. Um, and it's really important that you guys, all of you stay, us too, right? Everyone stays attached to like-minded people, especially in times like these. People that are going to be energetic and enthusiastic. They're going to help you push past some of the, maybe some of the emotional mooring lines that you might have created from yourself for yourself through this really tumultuous 2020. Um, so do consider at least joining the free coaching program, text the word survival to 31996. And Julie, um, 
I have to say, listening to your uh, your premiere session yesterday was quite hilarious. <laughs> well, you know what? We all learn that way. <laughs> yeah, we and, do. Uh, Make yeah, you, it's always you, fun. Making fun of yourself, basically. Exactly. I mean, that's what a lot of these agents are doing. Yeah, but it also demonstrates they're paying attention and that you know they're getting value out of that because that's that's how you know is you know here here's the demonstration of the point and they you know I have a lot of fun with that, but. All right, so Here moving on. All right, talking about Zillow. Zillow. So again, we're going to give you the points, and now we're working into really what mostly are going to be our, our is our opinion. Now we have been um, on the record for I don't even know how long to, since, frankly, since Zillow came out. Actually, I wouldn't say when Zillow came out we were against Zillow. I would say, well, I wouldn't even say against Zillow. I would say we were um, on the uh, you know cautiously optimistic. We were more on the cautious side of that when Zillow came out, but I did see, and there were a lot of people that were, you know, getting leads from Zillow, but then, you know, obviously Zillow turned on the monetization funnel and they started, you know, figuring out different ways to extract cash from agents. And, you know, then came their premier agent program and the whole thing just spun up into something that was completely different. And now obviously markets have changed. People's expectations have changed. You know, agents have wised up to buying leads. The mega trend of Zillow as a lead provider is clearly coming to an end. And what they're figuring out how to do, and again, the operators at Zillow were some of the best in the real estate industry. Not the best, but some of the best. What they did and how they did it, how they went about doing it was brilliant. And what they're doing now, frankly, entering into the real estate, and I know that you guys are thinking we're gonna hate on Zillow, but we actually don't. From a business owner's perspective, they're incredible. Now, them entering into the real estate brokerage business, it was inevitable. A lot of people, including Julie and I, were saying, duh, this is gonna happen. We've been saying that since they came out, of course they're gonna be a real estate brokerage. Why wouldn't they be a real estate brokerage? They're leaving the biggest, largest you know, amount of money on the table for real estate agents when they're doing you know, what they had created. They had created a global audience, basically, a, you know, a steady stream of people that were expressing interest in, you know, their product, which was the listings and the content and the data. We can argue the semantics of, you know, the IDEX feeds and all that forever. Um, and uh, we told you guys yesterday that we do think it's very, you know, realistic and viable. Actually, I'm going to read to them um, today. I'll read to them a, an article or actually a response to a post I wrote on Inman mm -hmm. to some this very topic. But at the end of the day, you're going to see a, a lot of changes that are going to happen in the real estate industry. And, and in our opinions, just to summarize, actually, we'll get to our first point. But a lot of these changes really are going to be, um, I think, frankly, profound. We're not in an era anymore where Zillow can just be seen as a seller of leads. Those days are over. Now you're going to see not just Zillow, but maybe Opendoor. Some of these other companies, they're really going to try to have vertical integration into the real estate industry. Now what that means is they don't have any ancillary third-party providers. When you're vertically integrated, let's say for example, you are making, I don't know, you're making desks since I'm looking at a desk, right? And so if you are a, 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 a creator of desks and you have to buy your different desk parts from different, you know, third-party providers. You're always beholden to whether they can deliver, you know, the wood to make the desk on time or say it's a an up desk like what mine is and maybe the up desk creator uh, the motor creator in China isn't, you know, he's for he's out of business or he's raising his prices and you never really completely have control of your profit margins because you're always beholden to third-party providers. That's what happens when you're not vertically integrated. 
The Shangri-La for any business, especially a tech business, is to be vertically integrated where you have control of every single aspect of the production of your product or your service. Do you guys understanding me? So what Zillow has done, and they are doing it, um, there's only one other company out there that's really on the same path at the same level, and it's eXp. But what Zillow has done is they are very close to having a truly vertically integrated business in the real estate industry that won't be dependent on third parties. The last missing leg of what obviously was their plan is the essentially a, you know rolling out a national real estate brokerage. Once they've rolled out a national real estate brokerage and those agents or employees, then they start creating vertically integrated experiences for the consumers. So that's where they're going and that's where if you're associated with a brokerage, if they're stuck in the old ways of thinking, they're gonna get blown past by these, frankly, EXP and Zillow. Those two companies, in our opinion, and I'm getting ahead of my notes here, are going to become the most dominant real estate brands um, in the world. And I, I know that's crazy to say, but that is really clearly what's going to happen. And again, not stepping on my points here too much, eXp has got a huge advantage over Zillow, which we'll be describing to you guys in a second. So Julie, let's go ahead and get to our points. Yes. So what will probably happen next, i.e. keep an eye on these things. Point number one, Zillow could undercut the listing commission structure to get market share, and there's basically nothing you can do about that. They're being very aggressive on their iBuyer offers to gain market share for their iBuyer program. Now, they are clearly losing money per flip. They have to report their numbers. This is a fact. 7,500 bucks per flip they lose, in which you guys are saying, oh my God, how can they lose that much money? They're gonna go out of business. You guys have got to think of Zillow as having two different businesses. There's the actual transactional business that we think of, but then there's the business of selling their stock. So even if their transactional business is losing money, their stock is ridiculous. Their stock right now is, their company has a value, uh, uh, you know, essentially a market cap of $20 billion. $20 billion makes them one of the largest privately, well, publicly held companies in the world. I think they are the largest, if you want to call it real estate companies, though they call themselves a tech media company, but I think they're the largest real estate company by market cap in the world. Yeah, so they can afford to lose some money along the road, right? So why wouldn't they do that for the sake of gaining market share for resale and non-iBuyer listings? Right. Now, Zillow says they're not going to do this, but that's pretty predictable that they will. I think they also said they weren't going to get into the brokerage business for a while. Yeah, of course. So there's that. Okay. Well, just uh, yes. hover there. So okay. let's think about the ramifications of that. So right now, they're essentially saying that they're going to, um, the, the system they put in place with the iBuyers, someone sells their house at a discount, right? 75, 80 cents in the dollar. We don't have to get into the weeds as far as what the actual net to the seller was. I know it's usually less after inspections, but just hover here. And then those listing leads were then referred to you know, a hand-selected group of their, you know, partners, let's call them. And then those partners would pay outrageous uh, referral fees. That's the way it was working. So a lot of these agents around the country had secured these exclusive relationships with Zillow to receive listing leads, even though the listing leads were, you know, obviously came with a huge referral fee. Um, in some cases, I heard the referral fees are as much as 50%, depending on how you receive the lead. Again, some of this is conjecture, but and if I'm wrong about some of my facts, don't get angry. Just correct me. It's fine. And I'll correct this on the podcast if I create a big infraction, which hopefully I won't. But the moral of the story here is, so let's think about if you're Zillow. You're doing this iBuyer thing, and you're going to buy however many houses you're going to buy per year, and then you're going to list those houses with your brokerage. Now, if you're listing those houses with your brokerage, with your employed agents, um, what would prevent those? What would prevent you as Zillow? You think you're just going to pass up on the opportunity to resell? So let's say, for example, there's somebody that pops up that has a house that they want to sell, and let's say they can't sell it at a big discount, 
Um, so they can't sell through uh, Zillow's iBuyer. But, you know, they still are a viable seller. You really think Zillow's going to say, no, sorry, can't help you. You really think that's going to happen? There's no way that's going to happen. So, um, you know, there's so many different avenues and traditional brokerage paths that Zillow can follow to make more cash flow out of this idea that, of course, they're going to do it. For you not to think they're going to do it is, is, is really batshit crazy. Um, wouldn't you if you were them? Of course you would. Sure. Imagine how many, imagine being an, granted, an employee agent at one of these Zillow offices and you're going to be given some sort of bonus and, you know, some sort of commission, I'm sure, of something. You're going to be, you, they'll have some sort of award system in place. Well, let's say, for example, you know, you're kicking butt relisting their iBuyer houses, but for every one iBuyer that you're relisting, maybe there's 20 opportunities for you to do business with traditional clients that don't want to go the iBuyer route. Are you, are you really telling me you think that they're not going to pursue those opportunities? And here's where it gets interesting. These iBuyers, Open Door, Zillow, they're all basically using publicly, you know, they're publicly traded companies. And they have access to the public markets, which means they have just, you know, billions of dollars at their fingertips in essence. And there will be other companies that do the same thing. Um, so think about if these guys right now are cutting each other's throats to gain market share in the iBuyer space. They're fighting to try to become the dominant iBuyer. They want to associate, like for example, and let's just, you know, let's look at it as it is. When Zillow came online in 07, everyone was like, what the heck does Zillow mean? It rhymes with pillow. Now Zillow has become almost like Kleenex is to tissues as home search is to, um, you know, real estate. So Zillow has in that relatively short period of time, I don't, again, I'm not an expert at this, but I bet you, as far as recognizable brand, they have become as recognizable when it comes to home search as even the trade name uh, realtor. I bet you they have. And, and for the most part, um, I can't see that. Once you have that sort of mind share, it's very difficult to reverse it. So what these guys seem to be doing, and it just makes sense because they can use, they don't have to worry about losing money per flip because their stock is doing so well. Um, they are going to gobble up market share, even if it means they're going to lose more money. Okay, that is what they've been doing. Now, what makes you think that they couldn't do the same thing to open up opportunities on the resale side as they expand their revenue streams into these brokerages? What makes you think they won't do the exact same thing? Exactly. Well, why wouldn't a big broker just open up their own portal and circumvent all this? Well, so that's where I think it's going to go. And that's what I was talking about on this Inman thing I wrote. So I do think that that is in inevitably what's going to happen. Um, I think you're going to see all the biggest names in real estate. They are going to most likely, and I know this is very controversial, and again, not an expert at this. I only, like Rob Hahn writes about this all the time. He's definitely the expert. But I think it's very possible that we are seeing essentially the death rattle of the traditional MLS and co-op system. I think we might be seeing what, in, what amounts to the end of this, you know, long-held belief that, you know, there's an entitlement to a buyer agent commission, for example. I'll drill down on what I just said. Did you guys know, only in the United States and Canada, I believe, that there is an automatic entitlement um, for there to be a buyer agent commission? So when you go out and list a house, you know, the seller might negotiate commission, but generally speaking, it's negotiating commission on the listing side, right? The buyer agent commission is almost sacrosanct. Sacrosanct? Sacrosanct. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had as much caffeine as you. Yeah. Yes. Well, so. Well, but that, it, there's an assumption there that there will be a buyer side. Commission. Yeah. And use the word entitlement because use the word entitlement because that's what it is. So the seller basically is the seller is uh, actually receiving uh, or is paying the buyer agent commission. Why would that continue? If you were a tech company and you were trying to gain market share, 
Wouldn't that be another thing that you would go after to basically improve your margins? Could I, You guys get the point here? So for you not to see Zillow as a threat is uh, foolhardy. And if Zillow lands in your marketplace, there are no limits to what they can do. So of course, I think the national brands are going to be reacting by creating your own national uh, portals. And you, and the term portal, by the way, is obsolete, which I'll explain to you guys why in a second. Um, you know, so if you are working for a company right now that does not have the ability or does not seem to have the ambition to create what will amount to uh, its own Zillow or its own Realtor.com and whatnot, then you're making a huge mistake. You're actually making um, the assumption that things are going to continue as they have been and clearly they're not. So as far as where you're positioned right now, if you're not if you don't own a brokerage or working with a brokerage um, or a brand that is clearly on its path to having its own nationwide and maybe global search widget, you're going to have a lot of problems. And we're, I'm going to compound this. It does not make sense to me that the biggest tech companies in the world will not get into home search. It does not make sense to me that the biggest, it's like, so for example, why wouldn't Google, for example, go to some massive, you know, incredibly successful company like eXp Realty and say, listen, why don't you start, we're going to create this home search widget on Google so that when people do uh, search for anything that's, you know, that our, our search engines tell us is real estate related, there's going to be a search for homes in my area box now sponsored by Google. I know they tested something similar to that before, but why couldn't they scale up that idea and completely get rid of the portals as a viable source of, you know, home search? Wouldn't everyone just prefer to go to, for example, a really, you know, a, a Google and whatnot and well, just do your search? Well, isn't there evidence that Amazon has been up to this too? Well, I mean, we helped them and break that story a number of years yeah. ago. I think all of them will do it because in, I think YouTube even, I know YouTube's owned by, you know, Google, but I think YouTube's going to do it. Facebook's going to do it. Amazon's going to do it. I think, you know, obviously Google's going to do it. All these different companies. I know this conjecture, but I can't intellectually conceive why they wouldn't start building or launch very well orchestrated search widgets for people just to go directly and completely bypass. No, what happens is that if you're, um, you know, the MLS system, the whole structure that has made for the traditional real estate industry, how does it stay relevant in a world like that? If you all of a sudden, if you're a big brokerage and you're, you know, Remax or Keller Williams or EXP or Berkshire Hathaway or one of these other really, you know, they have the access to public markets. They can raise money. They can create things that are spectacular. But they're no longer going to try to create a search widget that's you know combining all the biggest brokerages listings. They're just going to do it themselves. They're just going to do, well, I'm going to go look on EXP's search widget. Now, EXP's search widget then all of a sudden will be featured on these hypothetical search widgets on Google and whatnot. Do you guys get the moral of the story here? Is the assumptions that real estate is going to work like it has in the past and the structure is going to be as you've predicted to be since forever, those are really, I think, assumptions you need to start questioning because I cannot conceptually, I cannot conceive why those things won't change and they won't radically change really quick. Do you have any comments or thoughts on that? Well, I mean, so what's an agent to do now? What's their action plan? Well, that's going to be the action steps, which, and I just was reminded I have to get on a Zoom here in eight minutes, but yeah. we'll get we'll to the action. We'll do that tomorrow, maybe. Right. Well, let's get, to the next, let's get to the next point. So, so Zillow could easily affect the entitlement buyer agent commissions as an automatic seller's expense. We talked about that, meaning buyer agent commissions will be paid by the seller, won't be continued to be paid by the seller overtly. Now, that will mean that, and this is just conjecture, but that'll mean that if you're going to be working with a buyer, you're going to have to explain to the buyer why you're worth whatever it is that you're going to ask the buyer to pay to help you with that real estate transaction. 
That is something that only listing agents have had to basically deal with, trying to explain to the seller what they're going to do to get the house sold. Imagine you having to take as a buyer's agent a formal presentation to try to you know, explain to that buyer why you're worth whatever you claim that you're worth and why the buyer's going to be obligated to pay your commission, just like listing agents have had to forever. How many buyer agents are going to be able to have the skill set, let alone the mindset, to be able to build that, uh, to be able to you know, essentially compete at that level? Well, you know we have a buyer presentation in our coaching program. Well, we did right? that when we, yeah, we, yeah, the, not that, because of this reason. No. Okay. But because it is, you know, buyer agents are having to compete more right now. It's also pressure from low inventory. They're going straight to listing agents. And why would I hire you versus all of my other choices? This is just another compounding factor to having to uh, defend yourself as a buyer's agent. So of course, you know that the listing agent always wins. So that's your other step is make sure that you're becoming a powerful listing agent. Now, will Zillow's premier agent program remain in place? It will. And it will until they have um, essentially rolled out the national brokerage. That's the bottom line. Uh, if you don't believe me, look what's happened to those premier agent relationships in the states, in the cities mostly, where they're opening up their own brokerages. Those agents that were third-party service providers or partners with them aren't going to be getting leads anymore. They're going to be going to the brokerages. So do you think if you're beholden to Zillow to buy leads right now for your brokerage or for your team, do you really think as they decide to scale up their national brokerage, do you really think that they're going to continue to basically want to sell you leads when they could keep those in-house and make those transactions that much more profitable. I'll tell you the only way they would do that um, is if they started char charging you a um, hell of a lot more in referral fees. And I venture a guess that's exactly what's going to sure. happen. So if you're in one of these cursory markets where they're not going to basically try to roll out um, the opening of these formalized brokerages, and you, you might still receive leads from them, you know, buying leads from them for uh, a duration longer than, say, somebody in a big city. But they will start charging you more, which is, of course, the reason that we have always rallied against buying leads. And we're not the only ones, by the way. Um, Gary Keller has always said, don't buy leads. Generate your own leads. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, those of you who have been in the industry during this era of buying leads, which is 95% of you, you're the ones that we're most worried about because you've never learned how to proactively lead generate. And by the way, any kind of social networking, any kind of Facebook ads, any kind of digital marketing, any kind of anything like that is not proactive lead generation. So don't fool yourself. The real work of real estate is something that a lot of you have yet to discover. All right. So last point, we've kind of walked on this one and then I've got to bounce is Zillow has massive market cap, 17 billion, not 20, but you know, three or four billion here, who cares, right? <laughs> they have the ability to buy market share with seemingly no downside. Be clear, Zillow will buy market share and the traditional industry will be stuck building market share. So that's something that Zillow can do that the traditional um, industry can't. So just to put this into perspective, EXP has got over 40, well, at the end of this year, we'll have over 40,000 agents across almost the world at this point. And by the end of next year, based on their current growth curve, it'll be over 100,000. And then soon they'll be the largest real estate brokerage in the history of real estate brokerages. So for EX, so EXP's already got essentially a global army of agents, right? And EXP has, without a doubt, a superior business model from the agent's perspective than whatever Zillow is going to offer to their agents. There's no two ways about that. So for EXP to basically compete with Zillow, what would they have to have? They'd have to have an iBuyer. They have an iBuyer. They would have to have a, um, uh, a what the heck was I about to say? National 
Yeah, thank you. They'd have to have a national search portal, which uh, Glenn Sanford is building. So there's going to be a national search portal. They would have to be first in line to leverage these um, high-level search engine uh, home search widgets that we think are on the horizon from all the big, you know, basically tech companies. Will they do that? Of course they'll do that. So we think ultimately the reason that we believe that the two titans in the real estate market, now that Zillow is a real estate brokerage, and they can call themselves a tech company and a media company till the cows come home. But if you're a real estate brokerage, you are a real estate brokerage. So here's the thing, guys. EXP has a market cap of $2.7 billion, right? Zillow has a market cap of $17 billion. So when and how long will it take for the market to start seeing EXP as a tech company and start valuing EXP, which makes money, whereas EXP or which Zillow loses money? Are you clear on that? EXP actually makes a profit. And Zillow loses money every, I don't think they've ever made money, ever, not one quarter. I, I could be wrong, but I think they've never made a profit. So how long will it take for the market to realize that EXP, because it's clearly a tech company that's also a real estate brokerage, whereas Zillow was a tech company that became a real estate brokerage, it will not take long. Again, I'm not an expert at this, but it does not make sense to me that EXP will not soon be valued as a tech company that's in the real estate business the same as Zillow. And when that happens, you're going to see the whole dynamics of everything in the real estate world completely change. Whereas these other companies like Realogy and these other companies, they are stuck just getting valuations of being a real estate company and not a tech company. Oh, yes, Julie. Uh, did I not say that? Yeah, I did. We said tech survival to 31996. Oh, we did? So. Did we forget? <laughs> it's Friday. I'm just we're, making sure. We're terrible I don't think at this. We did. So, <laughs> and then we do have to We've wrap. done like 3,000 shows. We're still learning. Yeah. So, yes. just this week. I told you guys about <laughs> right, the free coaching program. If you want to get in the free coaching program, just text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. In the meantime, if you want to join Julie and I's EXP family, there's two ways you can do it. You can text me directly, and this is my cell phone number, and we will have a conversation about EXP, but please only text me directly if you're basically 75% ready to join EXP. Text me at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. If you're just wanting more information about eXp, you're what we call eXp curious, text the word eXp to 31996. Text the word eXp to 31996. In the meantime, we are going to talk on our next podcast on Monday about the action steps and what all of you must be doing to essentially prepare yourself for the, I think, rapidly changing tides. Julie and I have been talking every Sunday on our special podcast, to so make sure you guys listen to that, what this pandemic essentially has ushered in. What would have normally taken 10 or 20 years has basically been condensed to, 20, you know, what, a month, two months, 12 months? So that you look at every, look at all the things that have changed so quickly now that people are have adapted to being home-based, businesses, schools, where people live, how people live. That um, the momentum of those uh, trends will not stop even post-vaccine. So you're going to see a wave of technological innovation and changes like we've never experienced in our lifetimes. So make sure you're not allowing yourself to be stuck in the proverbial mud of thinking things are going to go back to the way they were. The way things are going to become, for those of you who are not going to allow yourself to be continuously fearful, are it's going to be extraordinary. A better quality of life, frankly, you're going to have more experiences, 
um, being able to help more people buy or sell real estate at a higher level than you ever have before. Be enthusiastic, be motivated, be energetic, but be open to change and don't be fearful of that word. So homework, Julie, wouldn't you assign to them buy Harris Rules? <laughs> That's right. You have to buy and follow the Harris Rules book. Get it at Amazon. All right. And catch our Sunday show. Yeah, catch our Sunday show. Um, and this week we're going to talk about the new Amazon robo oh, yeah. drone that's, cool. that's going to guard your house. That's right. You guys can Google it. It's pretty hilarious. Amazon's coming awesome. out with a um, a drone that is going to patrol the inside of your house. And it's going to be basically your 24-hour security guard, which Julie and I were joking. Can you imagine all the whole... It, so this thing's dro you know flying around videotaping, right? Can you imagine all the hilarious things that we're going to see in those videotapes at night? Like cats stalking the drones. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. You guys have a great day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.